No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the third Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where a Levite and his concubine suffer horrendous treatment by the men of a city in Benjamin. This starts a chain reaction that ends in a civil war. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the book of Judges chapter 19 on Simply the Bible. Frankly, I hate this story. So why are you telling it, you may ask? That's the thing about teaching through the Bible. You don't get to pick and choose what you will teach. It's all there for a reason. For the Bible tells us that all Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable. Today's story illustrates what can happen when a nation turns its back on God and does its own thing. Does this have any relevance to our culture today? I'll let you make that call. A Levite had a concubine who had been unfaithful to him. She escaped to her father's house and the Levite went to her to pursue her and to speak kind words to her and bring her back home. She was willing to go with him, but the father-in-law didn't want them to leave. He ate and drank with the Levite for four days. And finally, on the fifth day, late in the afternoon, the Levite and his concubine left. But they had to spend the night in the Benjamite city of Gibeah. As they waited in the city square, an old man invited them to be his guests for the night. They went with him, washed their feet, and ate and drank. We continue today in Judges 19.22. As they were enjoying themselves, suddenly certain men of the city, perverted men, surrounded the house and beat on the door. They spoke to the master of the house, the old man, saying, Bring out the man who came to your house that we may know him carnally. Such degrading and defiling perversion. The men from the tribe of Benjamin wanted to commit homosexual acts with the Levite and they would stop at nothing to satisfy their raging lust. This was the sin for which God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And now, it had infected his own people so that they would gang rape a stranger. But the man, the master of the house, went out to them and said to them, No, my brethren, I beg you, do not act so wickedly. Seeing this man has come into my house, do not commit this outrage. Look, here is my virgin daughter and the man's concubine. Let me bring them out now. Humble them and do with them as you please. But to this man do not do such a vile thing. The old man pled with his neighbors not to commit this outrageous act. He even offered his own virgin daughter and the Levite's concubine to satisfy them. This seems unthinkable to us. But we must understand that in that culture, a person would sacrifice most anything to protect the person who was a guest in his house. But seriously, your own virgin daughter? Tragically, this reveals the low place women had in that culture and the terrible condition to which the nation had sunk. They had abandoned the fear of the Lord and turned their backs on his commandments to do what was right in their own eyes. 
The inevitable result was dehumanization of people. They were reduced to hunks of meat only existing to satisfy the wanton pleasure of lustful men. But the men would not heed him. So the man took his concubine and brought her out to them. And they knew her and abused her all night until morning. And when the day began to break, they let her go. The Levite intervened and protected the virgin daughter of the old man, but he gave his concubine to be abused, really gang-raped by the mob all night long. This story makes me so angry. The Levite should have protected his wife, even if it meant sacrificing his own life. What salvation might the Lord have brought if he would have boldly stood his ground against this wickedness? The Bible tells us in Psalm 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Proverbs 25, 26 says, Like a muddied spring or a polluted fountain is a righteous man who gives way before the wicked. So instead of protecting his wife, the Levite gave her to be raped all night. Then he went to bed to sleep it off while all this was going on. Then the woman came as the day was dawning and fell down at the door of the man's house where her master was till it was light. When her master arose in the morning and opened the doors of the house and went out to go his way, there was his concubine fallen at the door of the house with her hands on the threshold. And he said to her, Get up and let us be going. But there was no answer. So the man lifted her onto the donkey, and the man got up and went to his place. After the Levite got himself out of bed, he went outside and saw her there and coarsely addressed her while she lay collapsed at the door. Where was his compassion, his sorrow? Not only was she raped, but also murdered by the gang. When she didn't answer, the Levite simply lifted her onto his donkey and continued on his journey home. When he entered his house, he took a knife, laid hold of his concubine, and divided her into twelve pieces limb by limb and sent her throughout all the territory of Israel. This is incredibly gruesome. No doubt the Levite did it for shock value to rouse Israel to the horror of the situation. But who could do such a thing to the one he loved? And so it was that all who saw it said, No such deed has been done or seen from the day that the children of Israel came up from the land of Egypt until this day. Consider it, confer, and speak up. The unthinkable act did have the intended reaction of rousing the nation to consider, confer, and speak up. It was evident that something was desperately wrong. I sometimes wonder how much worse things must get before we realize that something is desperately wrong. Senseless acts of extreme violence in unlikely places, such as schools, churches, clubs, movie theaters, concert venues, really any place where people gather. Our world is not a safe place. And this is only one example of lawlessness in our culture. 
we are being indoctrinated with the rhetoric of tolerance to the point that we are afraid to call out evil. But it can only result in the dehumanization of our people. Chapter 20. So all the children of Israel came out from Dan to Beersheba, as well as from the land of Gilead, and the congregation gathered together as one man before the Lord at Mizpah. And the leaders of all the people, all the tribes of Israel, presented themselves in the assembly of the people of God, 400,000 foot soldiers who drew the sword. They came from both sides of the Jordan and gathered at Mitzpah, which was on the Benjamin and Ephraim border, 400,000 men strong. That was a formidable army in anyone's estimation. Now the children of Benjamin heard that the children of Israel had gone up to Mizpah. Then the children of Israel said, Tell us, how did this wicked deed happen? So the Levite, the husband of the woman who was murdered, answered and said, My concubine and I went to Gibeah, which belongs to Benjamin, to spend the night. Then the men of Gibeah rose against me and surrounded the house at night. Because of me, they intended to kill me. But instead they ravished my concubine so that she died. So I took hold of my concubine, cut her in pieces, and sent her throughout all the territory of the inheritance of Israel. Because they committed lewdness and outrage in Israel. Look, all of you are children of Israel. Give your advice and counsel here and now. As brutal as this young Levite was, at least he acted wisely in gathering the entire nation to seek the advice and counsel of the many in order to do something. Proverbs 11:14 says, "Where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors there is safety." Proverbs 24:6, "For by wise counsel you will wage your own war, and in a multitude of counselors there is safety." I have certainly found this to be true in my own life, which is why I welcome the godly counsel and accountability of our church board of elders that I meet monthly with. They have spared me from some really bad decisions. So all the people arose as one man, saying, None of us will go to his tent, nor will any turn back to his house. But now this is the thing which we will do in Gibeah. We will go up against it by lot. We will take ten men out of every hundred throughout all the tribes of Israel, a hundred out of every thousand, and a thousand out of every ten thousand, to make provisions for the people, that when they come to Gibeah in Benjamin, they may repay all the vileness that they have done in Israel. So all the men of Israel were gathered against the city, united together as one man. They would all remain in Mizpah, but only 10% would be drafted into battle, or about 40,000. Then the tribes of Israel sent men throughout all the tribe of Benjamin, saying, What is this wickedness that has occurred among you? Now therefore deliver up the men, the perverted men who are in Gibeah, that we may put them to death and remove the evil from Israel. But the children of Benjamin would not listen to the voice of their brethren, the children of Israel. Now, rather than going immediately to war, the Israelites gave Benjamin the opportunity to deliver up the perpetrators to justice, or at least to take care of it themselves, but the Benjamites wouldn't listen. They protected their own tribe 
while they sacrificed justice before God. When a society loses its will or ability to effectively judge wickedness and purge it from their midst, we can be sure disaster is imminent. Instead, the children of Benjamin gathered together from their cities to Gibeah to go to battle against the children of Israel. And from the cities at that time, the children of Benjamin numbered 26,000 men who drew the sword besides the inhabitants of Gibeah, who numbered 700 select men. Among all these people were 700 select men who were left-handed. Everyone could sling a stone at a hair's breadth and not miss. Now, besides Benjamin, the men of Israel numbered 400,000 men who drew the sword. All of these were men of war. The Benjamites were fierce warriors. They could sling stones with deadly precision, but they were drastically outnumbered by the Israelites. And so the battle lines were drawn. The wickedness of Gibeah would result in the loss of many, many lives. Doing what was right in their own eyes had brought the nation to civil war. May God save us from the plague of doing our own thing, living for our own pleasures. That will always result in the dehumanization and destruction of innocent life and ultimately bring disaster. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we will see where God instructs Israel to go to war against Benjamin. This results in heavy losses on both sides as the nation enters civil war. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Judges on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.